Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Schultz, but I'm not the most important person on this podcast. I have Jackson Collier, JC Hoops with me. He's the guy that you're wanting to listen to, and we're going to have him with us throughout the season because he's part of the team over at hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. We've got a lot of incredible stuff going on over there, uh, including basketball coverage, and we have the top 100 Razorback basketball players of all time going. And next week, next Tuesday, so we're releasing on Tuesdays. Next Tuesday, you'll get 25 through 11. Uh, yesterday, that we're recording this on Wednesday. Yesterday, on Tuesday, we released 50 through 26. And there were some people who were upset about that because apparently Rodney Clark's three years at Arkansas just didn't happen. So um, if you think Rodney Clark is not a top 100 basketball player in Arkansas program history, then you're just wrong. And I get that you're upset that he transferred to Butler, but you're wrong. Okay. That's not what this podcast is about. This We got a lot to get to today. Nick Smith, Devontae Davis, Ricky Council, Arkansas beat Troy. We're going to talk about all of it, but before we do, I want to remind you about our presenting sponsor, and it is Dead Soxy. They are a sock company based out of Dallas, Texas, and it's premium, high-quality socks made with the finest yarn and patented technology to keep the socks from slipping, to make it feel comfortable, and they also look good. Um, they're well established within the Rivals Network as well. If you are familiar with any other rival sites, including UGA Sports, Revel Grove, Sooner Scoop, Clemson Illustrated, Inside Indie Sports, all those sites, they're also there as well. So we're very appreciative of Dead Soxy for coming on to Hogbeat as well and helping us out. And of course, we want to help them out as well. So go to their website, deadsoxy.com. Uh, they do have some red in different little colorways that are Arkansas-related. They're still working on getting licensed where they can put Arkansas logos on there, but that process is happening, and as soon as they do, they're going to have a lot of really, really cool stuff. They've made some socks for Eric Musselman, a guy that you might know. So um, go check them out, deadsoxy.com. We really appreciate them. It, you're, you're a little late if you're just now hearing about them. You're a little late to their buy one, get one free that they had going throughout the past week, but you can still get some great stuff over there. So visit deadsoxy.com. All right, Jackson Collier, let's get into it. So before we – we recorded before the San Diego – or, yeah, the San Diego State game last week. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but what an incredible game. Kamani Johnson coming up clutch. That dude – I mean, who would have thought that Kamani Johnson would have come into that game and did what he did? Like, that was incredible. And then you saw him. I mean, he played a significant amount of minutes against Troy on Monday as well. So, you know, he he definitely earned those minutes. But, you know, with Nick Smith coming back, whenever Devontae Davis comes back, uh, he's not going to have those minutes, of course. So let's let's talk about Nick Smith. That's that's what we have to lead with. He's, you know, an incredible player. He's a guy who's going to be a lottery pick. We have to talk about him. Got his first play time. Didn't fill out the stat sheet. But give me your first thoughts, Jackson. Yeah, so really just getting him on the court was the biggest thing. Um, he's coming back from a knee injury and kind of want to ease him into that. I think he only played six minutes and didn't score. But the first thing, as soon as he got in, he pulled, <laughs> he took a jump shot from deep and, uh, you know, trying to shake the nerves off a little bit, I think, too, and he he looked kind of fluid, maybe a little apprehensive in his movement, but he he wasn't like half-assing anything. He was running pretty hard and, and all that sort of stuff, maybe a little cautious, but 
it's one of those things where he got on the court and he was testing things out. And uh, that's really all that there was to it. Um, I think he grabbed a rebound and that was all that he ended up recording in the stat sheet. But as far as moving forward, uh, I think we're going to see him start playing more and more. You know, that was on short practice. I think he only practiced once or twice before the Troy game. So um, definitely with the more practices he gets under his belt, with the more uh, playing time he gets under his belt, I think we'll start seeing more and more of Nick Smith potentially start. I think it's up in the air whether he starts against San Jose State or not. Um, but I think moving past San Jose State, I think looking at the Greensboro game next week, that would probably most likely be where he uh, starts in the rotation. Yeah, I, I think, you know, start or not, having him in the rotation at all against San Jose state is, you know, it's big time. Eric Musselman said after the game that, you know, all he could think about was the fact that after this game, Nick is going to have four days worth of practice leading up to Saturday's game against San Jose state. Whereas he hasn't really had that. So he's going to have four days of practice where he's with the team, you know, barring any setbacks. He's Musselman said he still had to talk to the doctors, but barring any setbacks, you know, you have this week of practice where, you're really going to start getting into that group. And the good thing was you heard, we heard from Ricky Council and Makai Mitchell that they don't think that there's going to be an adjustment period for Nick because, you know, they're with him in practice. They played with him overseas. They played with him against Rogers state. So like they, they know how to play with this guy. They don't think that he's going to have, you know, an adjustment period where he has to figure things out because he's just that good of a player. So um, whenever he starts is whenever he starts, but the fact that he's back considering there were a lot of people who were just throwing stuff on the wall saying like, I don't think he's going to play this year and it's not related to injury. All this, like that's out of, out the window. Like people just made stuff up about him. And so now you're seeing that he's, he's going to play this year and uh, that's big time for Arkansas. What's not big time for Arkansas, at least against Troy was that Devonte Davis was not there. We got a statement from Eric Musselman, uh, he's stepping away. Devo Davis is stepping away from basketball. We don't know how long it's going to be. Jackson, you're hearing that he'll be back this season. Uh, I think really all that we know is that it's just personal stuff, right? That's all we know. We don't know anything. We don't know any details. So, um, but of course that's a guy that plays a lot of minutes for Arkansas, a veteran presence. He's a junior. You want to have him on the court. Absolutely. I mean, Debo Davis was, as a freshman, was a part of the first Elite Eight run that uh, Eric Musman had at Arkansas, um, obviously with Moses Moody and Jalen Williams. And then as a sophomore, went on another Elite Eight run. So he's got the most tournament experience of anybody on this team. Um, and he knows the system. And on top of that, you know, he's an in-state kid. He's a fan favorite. Um has always been a high energy guy who's who's ha- always had like a big smile and really interacted with the fan base and with kids and all that sort of stuff. So he really is the best parts of Arkansas basketball personified um, on top of being a good player too. I mean, I think he's, he was right at his career average this year. I think he was averaging eight and a half points a game. And that's pretty much where he's been at um, through every single year that he's been here so far. Um, and, you know, it's hard to figure out where he fits in with this rotation with Nick Smith coming back with Ricky council um, playing so well and all that sort of stuff. You have his uh, Devo as a veteran leader. Um, you know, it, it's kind of difficult to adjust to, to some leadership roles and it's kind of difficult to adjust to different 
roles as a, a basketball player too. Um, but first and foremost, I guess, you know, we all hope that Devo is just okay. Um, he's If he's dealing with personal issues or he is dealing with personal issues, we hope he gets all those sorted out and then he comes back and that he's okay. Um, and then secondarily, just talking about basketball, when he comes back and Nick Smith is in the rotation and Council's still playing at a high level, there's still going to be a spot for, for Devo. Um, you're not just going to not have a spot for a, I mean, he started as a freshman down the stretch. Um, so maybe could even consider him a three-year starter, considering I think the NCAA tournament and conference tournament, his freshman year, he was a starter, the most important part of the season. So you're not just going to kick a three-year starter uh, down the rotation or anything like that. He, he would definitely have a spot still, and he's a crucial uh, part of the team too. Yeah, it it, it is unfortunate. And you, you, like you said, we hope that everything's okay with Devo. Uh, it started every game this year, so you know that must wants him in the rotation. He wouldn't be playing a guy 35 minutes a game if if he didn't want him in the rotation. But <clears throat> you, you mentioned Ricky Council and how he's come along. He scored 27 points against Troy on Monday. So let's talk a little bit about that game because Arkansas's offense was really stagnant, especially in the first half. It was I, I it was almost hard to watch because they were just you know. The, the shots they were putting up, that they just weren't falling, and then there was sloppy basketball. They were turning it over a little bit too much. Luckily, I mean, they were able to stay stay around with Troy, but Troy was controlling that game. They were knocking down threes. They had the Phillips kid who had like seven threes in the game, and they were missing their, their top scorer. Their top scorer was out with a concussion. And then they also had another guy had to get stretchered off the court because he, I think he fell and hit his head. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but, um, it was, I mean, Troy came to play. It's a good basketball team. They were 6-1 and one coming into this game, had a win at Florida State. Florida State's down, though. But Ricky Council, down the stretch, this dude had, I think, so Arkansas went on a 17-0 run. Ricky Council had 11 of those points. He had 19 second-half points. I asked him in the post-game press conference, do you have a switch that you can just flip whenever you want? that you 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 flip this switch and you just go off. He I mean he didn't really indulge me on that. He said that not really that you know Eric Musselman kind of just told him what to do and he he saw you know what he, he saw from their defense that he could drive and get what he wanted for the most part. And he could. And you know Ricky Council, I looked at some I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was just like Eric Musselman is a master at evaluating talent. He continues to strike gold in the transfer portal. And Ricky Council, I mean, there are other transfers on this team who are really good. Trevin Brazil, Makai Mitchell, Mikel Mitchell's good. Uh, I mean, like, this team is just really good. But Ricky Council, did you – I mean, did you see this level of scoring in basketball coming from Ricky Council? Honestly, I didn't. Um, I figured he would be a solid sixth man piece and probably average close to 12 to 14 points a game or so. Um, I figured in this offense, um, you know, looking at looking at having a healthy Anthony Black, looking at having a healthy Nick Smith and, and Devo as your backcourt with Ricky uh, before the season started, I was thinking, you know, Ricky's probably going to be that sixth man with Devo getting the nod as a three-year guy with uh, Nick and A.B., and I I really just thought, you know, with, with Nick and A.B. running the show, um, 
Ricky would be able to shoot a high percentage from three, maybe be a spot up shooter and driver slasher kind of guy that's coming off the bench that gets 20 to 25 minutes and probably scores 12 to 14 points. Well, uh, we didn't have Nick Smith and you insert Ricky council into the starting lineup and the rest is history. I mean, he is just, I was talking to some uh, people uh, the other day and, you know, he's probably the best slasher Arkansas has had in quite some time. Um, It's, it's really incredible the way that he can score at all three levels. He can elevate plays above the rim plays in control at the same time. It's really, really impressive. And I was not expecting this level of production. Uh, Not, not this early, especially. So, the th- the thing with Ricky Council, I mean, he's leading the SEC in scoring right now. He's had to be Arkansas's go-to scorer, and Eric Musselman said that in Maui they went to him as the go-to scorer, and that's w- what he was against Troy. And I feel like until you really see Nick Smith start to come on, that's what Ricky Council is going to be. And even maybe when Nick Smith comes on, maybe they still, you know, kind of give Ricky Council some freedom. Why not? I mean, if if why have just one if you could have two? You know, and so and even Anthony Black, we saw at times in Maui that this guy can really score at will. Uh, he had the two twenty-six point games, but Ricky Council, man, uh, he's he's so fun to watch. Anthony Black is fun to watch. I think that we've decided that Anthony Black is probably a better shooter than we thought he was coming into the year, and uh, <clears throat> this whole team. I want to talk about the Mitchell twins because. I've I've marked Makai Mitchell down as my guy, and so everybody knows that Makai Mitchell is my guy. I've probably asked more Makai Mitchell press con- questions and press conferences than anybody. Uh, but even Mikel, like Mikel has surprised me. It's not like he's playing a whole lot of minutes, but when he comes in, and even with Makai when he comes in, almost had a double-double against Troy. He, he was kicking himself after the game because he didn't have a double-double. He thought he had it, but apparently the ball went through his hands, so he couldn't get that 10th rebound. But both these guys, big bodies that come into the game, and for the most part, like every once in a while, they'll have a play where you're like, come on, man. But for the most part, they do their job. They play their role. They play great defense. Makai Mitchell might be – I mean, Makai Mitchell is an incredible defender. <clears throat> and they finish at the rim. Like, is this what you expected from these two guys? I feel like they were kind of, you know, not as talked about as far as the transfers go, especially after – the playing overseas because they didn't play a whole lot of minutes. But now we're starting to see that these guys are going to be in the rotation, at least for the near future. And then we'll see if must decides to trim it down a little bit more. I like the Mitchell twins, Jackson. Yeah. I was high on the Mitchell twins coming out of uh, Rhode Island. You know, uh, one of my good buddies in the rivals network uh, actually is from DC and watched them growing up. And we talked about, um, you know, their games, how they'd fit into the must system, all that sort of stuff. And so I, after talking with him, you know, I was kind of pleased and excited about how their roles would shape up for Arkansas. And it's funny you bring up the Makai near double-double. He almost had a double-double in the first half. I mean, he had 10 points and nine rebounds in the first half and never got that 10th rebound, But which which is unfortunate. But he that was truly a dominant performance from Makai Mitchell against Troy. Um as far as their roles, though, yeah, I think, you know, Arkansas last year against Duke, 
did not have the big body interior presence uh, to go up against the Duke big men. I mean, Jalen Williams was down there, but um, outside of Jay will, you didn't really have anybody to go up against these waves of, of big men. And, and Jalen wasn't necessarily the same type of imposing presence, you know? So must went out of his way to go get enforcers. He already had Kamani, um, but he wanted more. So he got the twins and, you know, I think Mikel really embodies that. If you, I feel like if Arkansas goes up against a really dominant five man this year. I feel like Mikel is going to get the nod just because he's 6'10, 6'11, 260 pounds. Um, Mikhail, I mean, Mikhail is not much smaller than that. He's 6'9, 6'10, 250, 245. I mean, they're, they're big dudes. Um, Mikhail is pretty agile for his size, too. Um, you can see that, like you were talking about with his defense, he'll, he'll guard on the perimeter and he does a pretty solid job guarding on the perimeter, sliding his feet, um, you know, pushing, uh, uh, ball handlers towards help defense and all this sort of stuff. So, and both of them are really good rim protectors, shot blockers. Um, and that, that's really what Arkansas was missing last year was consistent, um, rim protection and, you know, imposing, um, big bodies and you know it wasn't a major factor last year until the NCAA tournament against Duke and you know I think Musman was like all right if that was our one weakness um or really our main significant weakness we'll address it uh and and they did and so we'll see how this team stacks up you know and how the Mitchell twins how, how their role in the rotation goes throughout the year and in the NCAA tournament and all that sort of stuff but I think as the season goes on, they'll both get more and more uh, involved in the rotation, especially Mikel. I think he's one that um, he will really um, start to find himself as, as potentially a starter. It's going to be hard not to start as a twin brother because he's playing so well, but you know they're they're both really really good. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned how Mus decided to go and get size because think back to uh, the the few years prior where. Your starting fives for most of the year were Adriel Bailey and Justin Smith. And so now you're looking and you have the size that you didn't have. You have Trevin, Bra- Trev- Trevin Brazil, 6'10". He's not going to be your five, but if you decide to go, if he decides to go with, you know, a smaller, uh, sc- more scoring lineup, Trevin Brazil could play the five. I mean, he's he's got to work on his defense. That's something that he really struggled with against Troy. He had a bad game against Troy. We got to talk about Trevin Brazil a little bit. Uh, but you got the Mitchell twins. You got, I mean, Jalen Graham is 6'9". He hasn't played a whole lot. Incredible scorer. Uh, it's just his defense that he really needs to work on. Uh, I mean, Kamani, you mentioned him. Jordan Walsh is 6'7". Anthony Black is a 6'7 point guard. Like, Eric Musselman went and got size. You mentioned it. What has Arkansas been lacking? What did they lack last year against Duke? They've lacked size and physical presence. So they went and got that. And now they have it. And they also have the elite scores to go with it. And Ricky Council, I think you can say Ricky Council is an elite scorer at this point. Nick Smith Jr., we haven't seen it yet, but he can be that. Anthony Black, incredible scorer. I don't know if we can say he's elite yet. But let's get into Trevin Brazil, who I think can be an elite scorer. Trevin Brazil, I really like him. It's just, I don't I don't know what to say about him. We, we I've talked to some other people. It's like, you look back to Maui and... He just didn't really do anything in the first half of most ga- most games, and then he would turn it on in the second half. What is it about Trevin Brazil that you need to 
see him do for him to really pull it all together? I know we're only seven games in, but he definitely has the potential and a very, very high ceiling. I hesitate to say it's a, a motor issue because he's he's always sprinting up and down the court, but there, you're right. There is something that's missing in the first half of, of some games. and um, but I'm not going to call it a motor issue. I think he just kind of gets lost a little bit sometimes uh, on both sides of the floor, uh, for that matter. Um, I think sometimes early on in games, he's more content to just kind of hang around the perimeter, um, especially after he started hitting some shots out there, um, which it's it's necessary to be out there and stretch the floor. And he does a really good job of stretching the floor. Um, but with his size and athleticism, if, if he's if he's being guarded by another post that's not oh so much bigger than him or oh so much more physical than he is, with his athleticism and just natural scoring ability, he should be able to to score pretty much at will inside. He's got a nice mid-range jump shot. He's got some decent post moves. Um, his arm length, he should be able to shoot over anybody, whether that's a, a sky hook or whatever. Um, I feel like sometimes he gets trapped or, or gets lost on the perimeter. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. So, like, maybe if, if he would just – dedicate himself more to not camping out on the perimeter like in the first half and that, maybe that's a little too harsh maybe he I don't know he he does flash in flash out but it just seems a lot of times uh he's he's in the corner and he'll wait for like an Anthony Black drive and kick or something to space the floor out and if his shot doesn't hit then you know it's a zero in the stat column and like you were saying he had there was a time in Maui he'd have like zero two or one point in the first half and you know turn it on in the second half but you know it just yeah that's that's pretty much where I'm at on Brazil incredible athlete uh really really good scorer has a really nice shot can score inside explosive all that sort of stuff but would like to see more in the first half agreed all right uh before we get to some more stuff I want to remind you about Bet Saracen a lot of you, if you're on Twitter, if you're on social media, you know about Bet Saracen. Is the it is the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. They are the number one sports gambling app in the state of Arkansas. No other app has made more money or had more money flowing through. Let me put it that way, and put out more money than Bet Saracen. So go download the app today on the App Store or the Google Play Store. I personally use Bet Saracen, and uh, I've been hot on college basketball. Like I have been very hot on college basketball. Thanksgiving was a great day for me. I'll just put it that way. Financially through bet Saracen. I love bet Saracen. They've got player props. They've got parlay options. They boost a lot of parlays for you as well. Go download the app. They always have the Arkansas player props for games. The only time they, they didn't do it for football twice. One was at BYU. I don't remember why they didn't do it. And then two was, I think it was the LSU game when K.J. Jefferson was questionable, so they just didn't do player props. But for basketball, they've been doing specials where they run out props for, like, it'll be Anthony Black will score over 11.5 points or whatever. Um, and you can decide whether you think he will and place a bet on that, and it's it's good stuff. So go download the Bet Saracen app and uh, get in on those Arkansas games as well, on top of everything else. You can, you can bet on literally anything, like Korean baseball. You can bet on that. I mean, I haven't done it yet. I've been tempted to when I'm up late at night and I'm like, I need to make my money back, but I haven't done it. Um, but you can do it if you want. So go download the Bet Saracen app. 
All right, Jackson, this team is 6-1, and one, the one loss coming to Creighton. They're now number 11 in the AP poll, tied with Alabama. Creighton moved up to 7. Um, so you look at this team, number 11. This is a question we had over on the trough message board at uh, at hogbeat.com. Go subscribe to hogbeat.com. Uh, after watching the Troy game, I mean, you saw that Arkansas struggled at times. They trailed for a decent bit in that game to Troy. What are teams, um, and you don't have to list like specific names of teams, or I mean, you can to kind of back it back it up. But what style of play from an opponent worries you when Arkansas faces them? Like, what style of play can beat this Arkansas basketball team, Jackson? So I think teams that are willing to play zone on defense that have really long and athletic guards. Um, cause if you can match up with Arkansas on size and length, um, on the perimeter and then you go zone, Troy, I mean, Troy didn't even match up necessarily. And they went in zone and Arkansas went brain dead. It seemed like they didn't try to attack the middle. They tried to keep passing it around the perimeter and attack from, from the side and attack using angles and stuff. But, you know, Arkansas had their most success when Troy went man. Um, and in the second half, they went zone a little bit and, you know, Ricky Council just started driving on them, which when you're going up against the zone, you want to try to drive, you want to try to pass at the high post. And for whatever reason, in the first half, that was kind of absent. Um, you know, Anthony Black would drive, but they'd have a help defender come over and, you know, collapse and he would dribble it back out or pick up his dribble and pass it back out. And so the zone and the long uh, guards are, are concerning. Also, uh, a team that can get hot and just knock down threes, like, at a very, very high rate. Like, an Alabama, for instance. A team like Alabama really would scare me matching up with this Arkansas team. Um, I'm, I think on this thread in the message board, too, I also mentioned Arizona. Um Obviously, Creighton, since Arkansas has already lost to them. And there are a couple others, I said. But really, th- those are the main types of things, you know, uh, matching the length and athleticism, being able to knock down shots. And, you know, Arkansas under Musselman has been typically a really good three-point defensive team, but there's only so much you can do when a team gets red hot. Like you can, you can contest as much as you want. You can, um, you can go over screens as much as you want. You can um, go boxing one on a hot shoot or whatever, whatever you want to do. But if a team is hot, they're hot, and there's not much you can do about that at the college level or at the pro level. Like it, you get to the to a point where guys are good enough where it doesn't matter if their hand is in their face uh, or anything. Like they're they're just gonna make their shots. Yeah, I I responded on that thread kind of the the same way, and it seems so simple, but like when a team is able to knock down those shots against an Arkansas defense that you know for the most part they're going to be playing really, really good defense. There were times against Troy where it felt like Troy was doing the same thing over and over again. They were just driving in. They were doing in and out, drive in, pass it out, drive in, pass it out. That's what they were doing, and they kept getting those wide-open threes, and they knocked them down. And so the, even with Creighton, I mean, they were hitting incredible shots. So like you said, when when a team is red hot, there's only so much you can do defensively. Uh, let's hit a couple, a couple players that people – Uh, continue to ask about because I feel like it's easier for us to just address it here than it is to just continue to answer the questions. So let's start with Joseph Pinion. 
we saw him come into the game at the end of the first half against Troy. Um, I don't really think he's playing a role on this team right now, but Eric Musselman is putting him into the game in specific situations. Do you think that that is just for that? Or maybe he's like slowly trying to, you know, see what he can get from Pinion because he saw, I mean, Pinion made a really, really good, like aggressive contested rebound against Troy and then threw it up to Ricky council who eventually made the transition layup, which was a, a really nice play. But what everybody wants from Joseph Pinion is for him to sit out there on the wing and knock down a three, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was a great rebound from from Joseph, too. It was <laughs> I was impressed. But and, you know, and I think part of the reason he got in against Troy is because they were running that zone. And if you're not attacking the zone, one way to beat a zone is to go inside out and, you know, knock down some threes. And Arkansas wasn't. Um so I think that's part of the reason he got in against Troy too. Also, you know, um, just giving another guy an opportunity. The, the team wasn't playing very well. All right, well, let's throw out Joseph out there, see if he can make a difference. And, you know, granted he did. Uh, he grabbed a rebound, led to a transition basket. Um, yeah, I think he's a guy, I, I think you're right. I don't think he has a designated role yet. I don't think he has a a spot that's for him yet. Um, but I think as the season goes on, um, if he keeps progressing, you know, Musselman complimented his defense multiple times in the preseason, um, which people may or may not have known was was a strong suit for for Pinion. You know, it's you know, defense is a lot about mentality and effort, and he has that, and he wants to see the floor. So he's he's going to play really good defense and and play hard on the defensive end. So I think we might see a role for him. Granted, a, a, maybe a minor one, but if he keeps progressing defensively, knows the offense, and starts hitting shots in game situations, I think we see a minor role for Pinion this year. And then another guy that people continue to ask about is Jalen Graham. I mentioned him earlier, and a, he's a very, very, very good offensive basketball player. Defensively, I cannot get the image out of my head. I don't remember what game it is. It was the second or the third game. I can't get the image out of my head where he was in the paint guarding a guy. And really, the the best way to put it was he just gave up on the play and let the guy go right by him. I can't get that out of my head. I know defense is his issue, but people just continue to think about how great of a scorer he is. What is it with Jalen with Graham? So, yeah, I mean, you said it right there. It's his defense. I mean, he's a guy, too. Like, he's he's a great scorer offensively, but and he has a great motor. He probably runs the floor better than most guys on the team. You, you watch out there, you play him. He's gassed after a couple minutes because he's sprinting full up and down the court. But, you know, he's he's not the best defender in the world. He gets in foul trouble very quickly, too. You know, um, kind of makes up for being a bad defender by, by trying to get away with a, a quick hack or something. And, you know, you, you play him for 30 seconds or a minute and a half of game time and he gets a foul real quick. Well, that, it's not ideal. And if, if he's not a good defender, it's hard to hard to keep somebody like that on the floor because you're not making an impact. You're making a negative impact by fouling and being a bad defender, no matter what you do offensively. So that's really that's about it for Graham. Yeah. All right. I think I think we hit it all. Um, Kamani Johnson real quick. Uh I think that what he did against South Dakota or San Diego State, oh, why did they have to play two SDSU teams, man? I have you have no idea how many times when I was writing my gamer for the San Diego State game that I started writing South Dakota State. I I just it, anyways, 
Um, Kamani Johnson, what he did in that game, definitely earned himself some minutes. Um, I mean, he's incredible. He's a, he's an incredible rebounder. And I think what he does a lot is he gets the rebound and then just tries to go up with it and just like throw it, throw the ball up and hope that he gets a foul call. And there was one time against Troy where he did that play, didn't get the foul call. And he was like, what the heck? And Troy just took it and went down the court. But Kamani Johnson is definitely a guy who he deserves a few minutes. Um, as of now, I like Kamani Johnson. You talk about motor. That's a guy who has a motor. He's, he's a fun basketball player to watch and, he gets in, he knows his role, and he plays it well. So that's that's my tidbit on Kamani Johnson. Before we leave, I want to remind you about MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ledecky, he's a longtime Rivals member, and he's a franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he wants to use that expertise to help those of you who are displaced corporate executives and wanting to put your career in your own hands. It's a very thorough and free consultation process. All you have to do is call him, You'll get set up. He'll walk you through everything. And it's a great way to make some more money. And it's 100% free to do. So, well, the, the consultation process is free, not buying the business. Uh, the number is 404-973-9901. And the website is myperfectfranchise.net for more information and details. All right. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I think what we're going to do is we're probably going to make this a Wednesday Wednesday podcast. You think I think because I mean, you look at it next week, they got a game uh, on Tuesday and then Saturday. So Wednesday works for that unless they have Wednesday games. So you look forward, though, once the SEC season comes around, they play a lot of Wednesday games. So we might be doing Tuesday episodes, maybe Thursday episodes, but we know that you'll be listening and we appreciate that. So Jackson Collier, thank you for your time as always. And thank you, everybody out there who listen. Visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Subscribe. A lot of great stuff. Transfer portal for football is open. So you want to keep up with all that, go to Hogbeat. Uh, Okay, we're done.